25th chapter. Hallelujah. Romans, the fifth chapter. We started talking this morning about God's free gift of grace. Now, I guess maybe need to explain exactly what grace is. Grace is everything that God has done for you in the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Grace is every single thing that God himself did for you in Christ. What's already set up your account that you didn't have anything to do with. You didn't deserve it. You didn't work for it. You didn't live right, do right, or, or anything. Nothing you done gave you God's favor. God done this on his own. This is all God's deal. God has offered the world the greatest deal in the universe, the grace of God. But the church don't even know it, so therefore they ain't ever offered it. We boil Christianity down to when you die, you can go to heaven. And that's about all it is to it. My God, I hate to be one of them Christians that have to go through what they do. And oh my God, you know, but uh, you know, I want to go to heaven though. Well, how are you going to get there? Said, well, I'm, most folks tell you, well, it's according, you know, I'm trying to live right. Which ain't got nothing to do with Christianity. Christianity ain't you doing anything. It's in you being something. What God has made you. Praise God. So tonight we want to finish up talking about God's free gift of grace. Romans 5, 15. Said, but not as of the offense so also is the free gift. See, there was an offense, but there's a free gift that handled the offense. For if through the offense of one, Adam, many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, as abound unto many. Now, we need to first of all understand this, that one man got us in trouble. One man stood for the whole human race, Adam. He failed, committed high treason, and there was an offense, and it separated man and God. But God took it upon himself, the responsibility of Adam failing, all his faults, everything he'd done wrong, his committing high treason against God, everything, he just took it on himself and took it that he was responsible and he provided something to pay for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he said, not as of the offense of Adam, but by the free gift. It's a free gift of grace. Free gift. Now you got to understand this. This is all God's doing. This is the way God wants it. This is the way God has already made it. It's not going to be this way. It already, at the resurrection, everything that God had, every bit of his redemption has now been set down to your credit. Everything he's got. Do you know it's God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom? He wants you to, have, he wants you to know you're an heir of God and an equal heir with the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God, praise God. 
All right, let's read that one more time. 15th, or skip down to the 17th verse. said, For if by one man, one man's offense, death ruled, reigned, dominated, was king, by Adam's offense, death ruled. By want, much more, they which receive the abundance of grace, what will they do? And the gift of righteousness, they're going to reign in life by one Christ Jesus. They're going to rule in life. They're going to live in victory. They're going to live in the blessings of God. But unless they receive it, it won't do any good. Do you know if you got $10 million in the bank and don't know how to get it out, it won't do you one bit of good. Now, if you know it's up there, well, I know it's there. Well, how am I going to get it out? I don't know. Well, it won't do you a bit of good. Well, most folks have never received the grace of Almighty God, the abundance of grace, and received it. Say, bless God, this grace of God is His unconditional love for you with no strings attached. There's not one condition in it. Well, now, if you live right, you pay your tithe, you read your Bible, and you pray regularly, and you do all this, these, no, ain't no condition in it. You say, well, you just have folks just living any kind of way they want to. That's what they're doing anyway. I don't care if they're Christians or heathens or what. They're going to do what they want to do anyway. But I'm telling you right now, when you get a hold to the grace of God, grace is God's ability in you to say no to sin. Grace is God's ability in you to keep you from sinning. In Jude, the 24th verse, he said... God is able to keep you from falling. You believe he is? Are you in God's hands? Who can get you out? What can separate you from the love of God? Something can. Huh? Bound to be something. It's got to be. It's got to be because, uh, you know, Brother Sullen, I, 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 you know, I just don't live like I should. I don't doubt that. Well, you don't know what, how I failed. Do you know failure or victory that you accomplish ain't got nothing to do with the grace of God? That's right. Well, I, man, I overcome them. Man, I done quit smoking. I done quit dipping. Man, hallelujah. You know, Brenda ain't had a dip in three or four months now. She's just about through. <laughs> Amen? See how ignorant that is? Do you mean a cigarette? or dipping, or drinking. What can cause you, separate? He said nothing can separate you. Well, why don't God want you drunk? Why don't you smoke it? Them things will kill you, that's why. Why don't you drunk? That things give you a hangover. Make you act an idiot. Amen? God wants you to know, bless God, I've got the greatest deal in the world. The universe cannot offer you a better deal than God's offered to you. Now, he said, those that receive this gift, those that receive it. A lot of folks here and say, I don't know if that's true or not. I've had folks, I've had, I, I've had folks to read right out of the Bible said, read that scripture. And they'd say, well, now that's the way you believe it. And I wouldn't even say how I believe it. I just said, well, read it again. Well, now that's the way you believe it. 
No, that's the way God believes it. He believes it just like what he wrote in this Bible. He said, now if you'll receive the abundance of grace and this gift, you can live and reign as a king. You can live above trouble. You can live above prejudice. You can live above hate. You can wake up with joy, peace, hallelujah, in the Holy Ghost. You don't have to wake up mad at anybody. You don't have to hold one grudge against anybody. I can walk in the love of Almighty God. That love that God has for me, unconditional, He's put that in our hearts. Amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. So grace is God's unconditional love for you with no strings attached, no condition in it. You know, that kind, of, that kind of love ain't never been to the divorce court. Did you know that? Never has. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, grace keeps you justified before God. Grace keeps you in total right standing. See, this grace of God, see, if you'll understand, this is the way God wants it. This is the way God has already made it. Whether you receive it or not, it's still that way. Whether you know it or not, it's still that way. Whether you receive it or not, whether you've accepted your righteousness and the gift of grace, whether you do or not, hallelujah, that's up to you. God's done done all he's going to do about it. He's not going to open your head up and pull some grace in. You've got to get this by yourself. He said, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God. See, you got to think like that. You got to think, I am a son of the living God. See, to as many as received him, gave he power to become this son of almighty God. Turn with me, if you will, to Big John, the first chapter. Big John, the first chapter. Fourteenth verse. He said, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father. What? Full of grace and truth. Now Jesus came bringing something different than Moses. He come bringing something different than Elijah. He came bringing something different than Daniel. 16th verse said of his fullness have we all received grace for grace 17th verse said for the law was given by Moses but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ see the law came by Moses an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth and the law was kept in intact by blood sacrifices and if they'd done something wrong, they had to present themselves once a year before the high priest and confess their sin before the high priest. You know, some denominations still want you confessing your sins to a priest or something else. Amen? You got something to confess? Confess it to the Father. He knows you're already righteous. He's already made you holy. He's already made you sanctified. 
He's already given you this gift of grace. Now the law came by Moses. The law means you doing something. You got to do this to please God. See, in the old covenant, he said, well, what's the main, main law? Love thy lo- the Lord thy God with all your heart and all your mind. That's old covenant. That ain't you. He said in new covenant, love your neighbor as yourself, even as I have loved you. See, praise God. You got something now. You express God. You're a revealer of God now. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So he said, for the law was given by Moses. Amen. You know, Jesus said of a prophet, there's never been a greater prophet than John the Baptist. But he said, the least one of you in the kingdom of God is greater than him. That shocks people. That shocks them. Oh, you mean I'm greater than John the Baptist? That's right. What about Moses? You greater than him. He wasn't in your class. Elijah wasn't in your class. Daniel wasn't in your class. Elisha wasn't in your class. Isaiah wasn't in your class. Malachi wasn't in your class. Ezra wasn't in your class. Jonah, none of those old, they weren't born again. The new birth started at the resurrection. I'm telling you, Jesus is the firstborn out of death. Hallelujah. He went through death that he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. We got churches now preach on the devil all the time. What the devil's doing? Devil can't do nothing you don't let him. He is a totally defeated foe. If what Jesus put on him didn't work, what you can put on him ain't going to help none. See, now you are the high sheriff here in this earth. He said, now you go with my badge in my name. You cast him out. Praise God. Praise God. So grace... Was God gift to man, mankind? Jesus was grace in action. Blind man see. Deaf man hear. Lame man walk. See. Jesus was grace in action. Amen. Well, we got to feed 5,000. Give me a little boy's lunch. Hallelujah. God wants you living a supernatural life. Praise God. Praise God. So Jesus bestowed the grace of God on us. God's divine favor. Hallelujah. To anyone. Whosoever. Whosoever. No matter what. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. He said, those which receive the abundance of grace... And the gift of righteousness, what will they do? Well, they never know what God will do. They're mysteries to perform. How many of you ever heard that? If a made that up, I'd be whooped with a dead armadillo about three times a day. Amen. Amen. That's a pitiful thing. That belittles the work of Jesus Christ. No, we know what God will do. It ain't no mystery. He wrote us a whole book, told us exactly what he'll do. I have extended grace, my unconditional love. I didn't have nothing. You didn't have nothing in it. You didn't make a deal with God. You didn't do any of it. Jesus made the deal for you. He was your stand-in. He was your agent. 
He was your substitute. While you was yet a sinner, he died for you. See, in extended disgrace. Unconditional love with no conditions in it. I just checked in to see what condition my condition was in. Amen? You need to check. What condition are you in? You could not be in any better condition. You couldn't have any more blessing than you've got right now. You couldn't have a better deal than God extending grace to you. Here it is. You want it? Here it is. All you have to do, to as many as received him, gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed upon his name. Praise God. So you must receive the free gift or it won't work. It won't work for you. If I got $100 in my pocket and, and, and I come up here and get it, oh, I don't deserve it. Man, you don't know what I've done this week. What'd you do? Well, I cussed my husband out, slapped the kids and kicked the dog. I just done everything wrong this week. My God, I just done it all. Well, so what? You mean your actions, what you do is going to nullify the work of the Lord Jesus Christ? That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. But that's the way people think. Well, I got to live just right, do just right. God's got an escape clause in there, 1 John 1, 9. If I fail, I confess and head on. I don't even turn around and look. Paul said, I forget those things which are behind and press on towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. Living out of the kingdom, living out of the blessing. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In Romans 5, 2 said, we enter into this grace by faith. Living Bible said, for because of our faith, he has brought us into this place of highest privilege. You can't get a better privilege than what God's done for you. Where we now stand. Listen at this. Rich's translation. In this relationship, the Father considers us as deserving of His goodness as Jesus, His Son. He considers you Equal, he considers you as deserving. Do you believe that's anything, anything in the world that God will withhold from Jesus? Huh? Well, he won't withhold nothing from you. He's done give you the kingdom. In Romans fourth chapter and the twenty fifth verse, he said that uh, we have been justified. By his death and resurrection. Now let me read you what, what it said. After the cross. Now listen closely. After the cross. After the death, the burial, his ascension. He paid the price for sin. And when God saw that. See it pleased God to bruise him. When he seen the penalty was paid for sin, sickness, disease, failure, everything that came of the fall of man, bless God, Jesus Christ was born again. He received the life of God right there in hell. Someone said, well, you don't know what I'm going through. Well, it worked in hell. 
He was born again right there in hell and was raised from the dead. Now, after the resurrection, now listen to this. Romans 4.25, Freedom Dynamics translation. Said, when we acknowledge God as the awesome power who restored life to Jesus, we recognize he made his son our stand-in and our agent. As our stand-in, he paid he paid the death penalty due us by law for our crimes. And as our agent, he was restored to life. Now you have to understand, he's my stand-in, he's my agent, he is my substitute, he died for me, everything he accomplished is already set down to my credit. Now listen to this, when we acknowledge God as the awesome power who restored life to Jesus Christ, we recognize he made his son our stand-in and agent. As our stand-in, he paid the death penalty due us by laws for our crimes. And as our agent, he restored toward him to life, making us, see my substitute, making us, he's acting for me, making us as accepted as though we were as deserving as he. Now, God wants you thinking like this, see? He wants you thinking like this. Philippians 2, 5, and 6, he said, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let it be in you. Well, I don't think I deserve it. Well, you don't. That ain't got nothing to do with it. I hadn't done this. I hadn't. Well, that's right. You probably hadn't. But that ain't got anything to do with the effects of of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. This is what God wants. God has run you through a divine process. The death, the burial, and the resurrection. And out this end comes a a, a man full of the resurrected, glorified Christ. One that's full of Almighty God. God, God's love, the fruit of the Spirit. He is the vine, you are the branch. He that's joined the Lord is one spirit with him now. Whatever he is, you are. Let this mind be in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn with me to Romans, the eighth chapter. Romans, the eighth chapter. Hallelujah. Romans, the eighth chapter. Starting the 14th verse. When you get it, say amen. It said, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So that's you. 17th verse. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint equal heirs with Christ. If children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs. Joint heirs, equal heirs. You ever had a joint check in a check count? Hallelujah. You know what you can write on that? Whatever your wife can, whatever your husband can. If you both got your name. God has put your name in the Lamb's book of life. You have got equal billing with the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know that he raised you up and seated you in heavenly places in Christ Jesus? That's where you're at now. See, that's why... I can rule and reign 
how? Right out of heaven. Amen. Now he said, you're heirs, listen to him. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Amplified Bible said, you're now sharing his inheritance. What God, what did Jesus inherit after the resurrection? He said, Lord, read it in the 17th chapter of Big John. Lord, restore me to the glory I had before the world's was. My God. Somebody's going to have to get some thinking straightened out. Someone's going to have to think like God thinks. Someone's got to receive this grace. Amen. You know, the whole world right now, everybody, even the Christian world, wants just a glimpse of a Christian. I'd like to see one of those. They're kind of like the abominable snowman. He's hard to find. Amen? Well, I'd like to see a Christian. You know what a Christian looks like? Exactly like Jesus Christ. There ain't but one standard in this. Romans 8, 29 said, You were predestined to be conformed to the exact image of the Lord Jesus, that he'd be the first one among many brothers, bunch of brothers like this. Hallelujah. So he said, you're an heir of God. Now listen to this. Amplified said, you're sharing his inheritance. Authorized Ways translation said, you're heirs to God's wealth. Well, you ought to figure that out. You ought to figure that out. If God's got it, you got it. Whatever God's got, you got. How'd I get it? Oh, how'd I get it? Because Jesus died for you and made you in union with him. He's done made you a son of the most high God. You in the family now. Listen to it. Shares in his, her- in his inheritance. Way said heirs to God's wealth. Philip's translation said share. You now share in his treasures. You share in his treasures. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 said, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the grace, you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, for your sake he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be wealthy. He wants you to share in his wealth. He don't want you having to run around trying to believe for rent every 30 days. He don't want you having to run around and try to figure out how am I going to pay my car note. He don't want you running around thinking, my God, I'm going to lose my house. Ain't no way. My husband ain't making no money. I ain't doing nothing. I'm, what are y'all? Well, we ain't staying doing good. You know how come? You ain't never got a hold of the grace of God. You ain't never got, got a hold of it. If God's got it, I got it. Let this mind be in you. I got an inheritance from my father. I inherited his genes, his DNA. His wealth. He said it's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let me read you another translation. Romans 8, 17. Carpenter said we are qualified to inherit all that God gives. Sharing the inheritance that Christ has won for us. Making us partners with him. You reckon Jesus isn't like today? Reckon he's the poor thing? Huh? See? 
Most folks teach you, well, you know, Jesus was a poor man here on earth. No, he wasn't. He's rich. When you can go fishing and get your taxes paid, you're pretty rich. Amen. When you, when, you, when you have 82 people working on your staff and you got a man that's your treasurer named Judas that's a thief, you must be doing pretty good. Huh? How many of you need someone toting your money around? Well, Jesus had to have a fellow tote his money. Now, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ, though he was rich here in this earth, he substituted, he's acting. See, Jesus came to reveal us in us. He didn't just come to reveal God. He come to show you what a man was. He come to show you what the last Adam was. He come to show you what a man could do in union with Almighty God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. So, you're a partner with Him. You ain't working for God. Kind of like a fellow wrote me the other day, said, I'm going to serve God. You ain't a servant, you're a son. Prodigal son got off and said, Man, he got in the hog pen and said he come to himself. Said he's in the hog pen eating slop. Said, I can go home and be a servant. I can be a servant. I can go home and at least the servants in daddy's house eat better than me. I'm, I done spent all this. I know I've done wrong. I wasted all daddy had, every bit of the money he gave me, everything, but I'm going home. Said he came to himself. Said he came to himself. Daddy's a little better than this deal. How do you know your daddy's better than most folks think he is? He said he, he's, he's coming home, said his daddy saw him a long way off. You know God's always looking. He said the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open to your prayers. That's daddy. That's father. Bless God, he saw him a long way off and went and hugged his neck. He didn't say, now look here what you've done. You wasted the money. You ought to still be in the hog pen. You ain't getting out of it. You just a bunch of trash. Is that what he said? Well, that's what we've done to somebody that fails. We get someone failed and made a mistake. You read through that Old Testament. Them folks speaking for God like Moses, he was a full-blood restored murderer. Do you know that? David... Man after his own heart, he, he committed adultery and had the woman's husband, Bathsheba's husband, killed. Spoke for God. Well, what is it? What are you trying to say? I'm saying God ain't interested in your failure. You know, failure comes natural when the spirit of death is upon you, when you have the wrong spirit. That's why God said you must be born again. You must be refathered from above. Change daddies. Let this mind be in you. Well, Brother Solon, you don't know where I was raised. Well, where was you raised? I was raised over across the track. Well, if you lived in Monroe, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have been across the track. You'd have been up the road. Ain't got nothing to do with where you was raised. Huh? Most of them folks, Jesus gathered up a bunch of river rats. Do you know that? Bunch of river rats. Done failed. Done everything. I mean, even after the resurrection, Peter said, uh, when he was on the cross, he said, ah, I'm gone. This ain't nothing. 
After the resurrection, Jesus said, go tell my disciples and Peter. I'll see them in Jerusalem. They went and found Peter. You know where he was? Buck naked out there in the lake. Man, them Pentecost folks would have a fit if they knew that clothes cold, wouldn't they? Amen. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? See, we got failure and sin consciousness instead of grace and righteousness consciousness. You need to be conscious that God's done. This is God's doing. Every bit of, not by works of righteousness you have done, but by his own mercy he saved you. You didn't do nothing. Yeah, but if you don't live right, who told you that? See, grace is God's ability in you to say no to sin. You need to realize God is able to keep you from falling. How is he going to do that? Because every time you fail, the blood of Jesus Christ has already handled it. Your past sins, your present sins, and your future sins. All your tomorrows has the grace of God on them. Do you know all your victories have the grace of God on you? But also all your failures has got the grace of God on you. God's done handled it. God's already handled it. It ain't bothering. Sin don't bother God. He knows. He don't just believe. He knows the blood of Jesus Christ did not cover your sin. Not by the blood of goats and calves and the old cousin, but by his own blood. He totally redeemed you. See, he annihilated the problem of sin. See, most preachers couldn't preach without the demon of something on you. Something you done wrong. You've bound to done something this week, and I can get you down front, and if I squall you out loud enough, if you cry loud enough and long enough, maybe God will forgive you some kind of way. That's a lie spewed out of hell. You can't do anything to improve on what God's already done for you. You can't, I don't care how good you live. See, the grace of God gives you the ability to live good. Grace of God gives you the ability to overcome things. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. So John 3, 16 said, For God what? He's so in love. He's so in love. What did he do? He gave grace. He's so in love, he made you righteous. You have permanent right standing with God. Yeah, but brother Solon, what if I fail? What if I displease God? Let me tell you something. God ain't no yo-yo. He's the same every time you see him. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He ain't mad one day at you and happy the next. What you do does not move God. What Jesus Christ has done for you has already moved the hand of God. Hallelujah. Ain't that good to know? I ain't got to keep this in... You know, I got sermons when I first started preaching. Death, doom, covenant. How if you do something wrong, you break the covenant. I didn't know any better. But bless God, when I found out better, I still got them just to remind me to be kind to folks that don't know everything. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So, 2 Corinthians 5 17. Turn over there. We'll read a couple of scriptures here. Hallelujah. This stuff's good, folks. This stuff will set you free. 
It'll keep you out of bondage. It'll keep you out of fear. It'll keep you knowing that you're always in standing with God. When you do something to God, you can run to Him instead of run from Him. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, 17th verse, therefore. Someone said, when you see the word therefore, stop right there and see what it's there for. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He's new. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. And 18th verse, and all things are of God. 19th verse. To wit that God was in Christ. What was he doing in Christ? What was he doing when Jesus Christ went to the cross? To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. He's unreconciled the whole world to himself. Not imputing their trespasses unto them and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. That ain't never been preached. The world don't know that. Do you know the, the church world don't know it either? God was in Christ. What is he doing? Reconciling the whole world. You, the whole world's been reconciled. We ain't never told them. We got us a little secret over here. We got it and you folks ain't got it. But they got it too. He has reconciled legally the world, every person in the world saved. Legally, it's theirs. Legally, they're righteous. Legally, they've got grace extended. Legally, they're in union with God. But unless they receive Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, they'll go to hell. You know, people's full, hell's full of people that's been born again and saved by the legal right of Jesus Christ. They're legally saved but they went to hell. How come? They didn't receive the abundance of grace. They didn't receive Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now let me read you a translation of 2 Corinthians 5, 19. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world. One translation said he was in Christ hugging the world to himself. Amplified Bible said it was God personally present in Christ reconciling and restoring the world of favor with himself, not counting up and holding against men their trespasses. Now, he's not doing that, but canceling them and committing unto us the message of reconciliation of the restoration to favor. God's done made them sinners favors. They don't know it. How come you think they don't know it? Because the church world don't even know it. The church world, most preachers are afraid to preach something like that, afraid he'll lose control of his people. Can't get them down front. Keep them sin conscious. Kind of like I asked a fellow one time, what mainly you preach? He said, well, I just mainly try to keep my folks saved. Good. Maybe you can do a little better job than Jesus did. Huh? I ain't trying to keep nobody saved. God's the one doing that. God's the one. He said, when I got you in my hand, ain't nobody can get you out. He said, nothing can't separate you from the love of God. Hallelujah. 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 God was personally present in Christ, reconciling and restoring the world of favor. Have you ever told a sinner, God, you, God's made you a favorite through Jesus. 
All you got to do is receive it. Amen. Hallelujah. God's offered the greatest gift the world has never heard about. He's then offered the greatest gift that the church world knows nothing about. How many of you know Christians that believe in the grace of God? Oh, I believe I saved by God. Yeah. What else you believe? I believe I got to live right. And I gotta, you ought to live right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. In Titus, the second chapter, let me just read you this. New International Version. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present world right now. I can live godly. How come? Because if I fail, I confess it and head on. I live right. I, you know, I ain't trying to, trying to sin. I ain't trying to figure up some way to get out of doing something. Amen. I want to live like this. Why? Because that's the best life God can give you. You can't get a better life than what God's offered. It ain't no way. You know why folks backslide? Because they think they got a better deal out there some kind of way. Well, I like this old gal, him. Or I like this. And I, you know, I have to work on Sunday to make enough to pay for my four-wheel drive. You listening to me? You ain't got a better deal. There cannot be a better deal offered you than what God has given you. Here it is, grace of God. Now you got a sick, it's free gift. It ain't gonna cost you nothing. All you gotta do is receive grace. Who is grace? His name's Jesus. Receive him and all these things now come into play on your part. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Romans 8, 29 said, You was predestined to be conformed to the exact image of the Lord Jesus, that He'd be the firstborn among many, many brethren. In 1 John 3, 7, it said, You are righteous even as Jesus Christ is righteous. Do you believe you're righteous as Jesus? Do you believe God gave you His righteousness? Do you believe God made you holy? See, it says Jesus is coming back for a glorious church. How many of you know you are the glorious church? You're the best He can make you. He couldn't, you're totally complete in Him. But you got to get your thinking right. If you don't ever think like that, you never mount to nothing but a church member. What do you do? Well, I go to church. How come you? Well, that's my responsibility. You need to stay at the house and watch Donald Duck. Amen. How come? Well, at least you won't just get more religious and more religious. Well, I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to please God. And I'm, I am, God has made you pleasing. That's right. Hebrews 13, over there in 20 and 21, he said, now you are well pleasing in his sight. Hallelujah. How are you going to get any more pleasing to God than what Jesus has set down to your credit? You can't do it. You can't add to what the cross has done. You can't add to the finished work of Christ. Nothing you can live, nothing you can do is going to improve your standing with Almighty God. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. 
See, God's grace done made this thing so. It's paid for. Hallelujah. Turn with me over to Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13, 20. When you get it, shout amen. What's the rest of y'all got? Jonah? Hebrews 13, 20. Now, the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, how did he bring him? Through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Do you know you got a blood covenant that cannot be broken, that Jesus made for God the Father and for you? You had nothing to do with it. Well, I got saved and I made a deal with God. No, you didn't do nothing. It's Jesus Christ made the deal for God as a son of God and made the deal for man as a son of man through this blood of the... See, it raised him from the dead. How did Jesus get raised from the dead? How did God have a right to raise Jesus out of a prison house where no one had ever escaped? No one had ever come out of hell. No one. He stayed under the hand of judgment three days and three nights until the Supreme Court of the universe said, it's enough. It's paid for every sin. Sin will no longer be a problem. Now you can make them righteous, praise God. And the God that's more than enough looked down and said, it's enough. He's paid it. You don't have to do anything to earn it. Through the blood. Listen to him. Now the God of peace is brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. How? Through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Make you what? 21st verse. Make you what? Perfect. Do you know you're perfect in God's sight? Well, I I don't hear all that junk. I'm telling you right now, I don't believe that. I believe what God says. I've had preachers, I read that, and they say, well, that means uh, perfect means mature. You can't make someone mature. You cannot make anyone mature. They have to grow in that. Now, said, make you perfect in every good work to do His will, working in you. God's working in you. What's He doing? That which is well-pleasing in His sight. He got something working in you. What is the grace of God? Working in you mightily. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, bless God you get anything out of this tonight. I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you the blood was enough. Jesus was enough to put you in the right standing and offer you the greatest deal in the world. Man, that's a great deal. We never offered it to him. He said, now if you'll quit drinking. I was in a place one time. And a policeman come in. And I knew him. I hadn't been saved long. And I asked him, I said, Bill Joe, you ever been born again? He said, well, I go to church. You know, I'm deacon out there at the church. Yeah, I believe that. Have you ever been born again? said, I don't know nothing about that. And this fellow I was talking to in this car lot, he said, well, get on your knees right now. Get on your knees. Confess your sins. Why, it took 16 years for him to confess all his sin. Why, that's the dumbest thing's ever been put on a human race. Well, you've got to get forgiveness of your sin. Jesus, God was in Christ reconciling and restoring you to favor. 
He's done restored you to favor. He's done handled the sin problem. Hallelujah. Now to as many as received him, gave he the power to become the sons of God. Hallelujah. Y'all getting some of this? If you ain't, I'm going to put them scales back there at the back and I'm going to weigh you when you come in. And then when you go out, I'm going to weigh you, see if you've gained any knowledge. Amen. The grace of God. Most denominations say, well, what's the grace of God? God's unmerited favor. That's shallow, 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 shallow. The grace of God's how much He loves you. The grace of God's how much you're a favorite with Him. Hallelujah. I had a sixth grade school teacher named Miss Hines, and I was a little short, fat boy, and she is kind of tall. This old boy in class named James Norris. And so Christmas, we hung some mistletoe over the door. And I got up on his shoulders where I'd be even with her. And she come in and I kissed her. <laughs> Son, I kissed old granny and I'm telling you right now, I was her favorite. How I become her favorite? It wasn't nothing I could do that was wrong. I know one time, this big old boy was fighting him and he's so tall. I'm a little short, fat boy. And so I couldn't, I couldn't reach him up there and so I just grabbed him and bit him. Um, bit a plug out of him. I had good teethies. Um, I got it. You know what she did? She asked that boy, said, what did you do to make him do that to you? It sure wasn't my fault because I'm favorite. Are you listening to me? That's the way God looks at you. You're his favorite. God was in Christ hugging the world, making you a favorite. Unmerited. You didn't do anything. You can't do nothing to keep it either. It's all kept by the blood of the everlasting covenant. Hallelujah. Stand up on your feet. Praise God. Hallelujah.